Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode 27 of Be With Me. I'm going to call today Seven Minutes of Marriage because Paul is in a section where he's discussing marriage. Now, yesterday he talked about the transfer of authority and rights. When you get married, when a wife marries her husband, he she transfers authority and rights to him, and he transfers authority and rights to her with regards to sexuality and body. So, for example... Uh, if somebody's flirting with someone or someone's having an affair or someone's doing porn or uh, inputting bad things into their eye, the other person has something to say about it. Their spouse has something to say about it. You have allowed them to have a vested interest in it. So they will have an input regarding it, and it is appropriate and perfectly uh, uh, legitimate. Think about this. So think about your body being like an island. So you're you're born on this island and it's God and you and your parents for a while have kind of jurisdiction over your your body and your protection. Eventually you grow up, then it's just God and you on the island. But then when you get married, you invite a person to have some jurisdiction there, some authority and and rights and similar they invite you to their uh, island. So today we're going to go on and talk specifically about uh, divorce and separation. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 through 16. To the married I give this charge, not I but the Lord. The wife should not separate from her husband. But if she does, she should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And the husband should not divorce his wife. To the rest I say, I, not the Lord, that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. If any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. For, get this, the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. But if the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. In such cases, the brother or sister is not enslaved. God has called you to peace. For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? Woo! So first of all, he talks about the gift of singleness, and Paul uses himself as an example to this. Then he talks about this gift of marriage with this rights and authority giving that we talked about yesterday, that it's from God and it is good. And all this is emphasized by talking about sort of the, the negative example, which is separation and divorce. So let me say a word about divorce. It is painful, it's embarrassing, it's lonely, it's expensive, it's complicated, and it never ends. Now, I didn't get a word of that from the Bible. I just got that from my divorced friends. Here we see in this passage that God designs marriage to be permanent. So he designed the whole process. He designed marriage, and now he's going to define it. And by the way, it's not gender confused whatsoever. God's not confused at all about marriage. In fact, he gives us a charge for this. There's no um, equivocating on this. And it's not that poof, you get married and you have no responsibilities once you, once the, you know, once the wedding day is over. No, there's responsibility which go with all these rights and privileges of marriage. So I want to talk today about the witness of marriage. Now, one of the witnesses is it, it, 
it's a public thing. It's a witness to the world. It's a witness to God's intimacy and God's relationship. Marriage is the only gospel that some will ever read. For many people, maybe most people, it will be the hardest thing that they've ever done. Certainly the longest thing, the most obedient thing in the same direction that they've ever done in their life. And for many it will be the greatest accomplishment, or one, certainly one of the great accomplishments of a whole lifetime. Think of all the forgiveness and all the problem solving and, and, and all the uh, grace that has to go under the bridge to, to work out a lifetime of faithfulness to another person. So not only is it a witness to the world, I think it's a witness to yourself that, hey, I can do this. So, you know, give me the grace for today and then I can... Then and then tomorrow, and pretty soon you you, you add up one day at a time, uh, like the AA principle, and you and you end up with a whole lifetime of faithfulness. But here, what's emphasized is this unbelieving spouse, that an unbelieving husband or an unbelieving wife can be made holy by the persistence of a believing spouse. So, think about this: a cup of grace, overflowing to families a little bit. Now, I'm not trying to make a theology here. I'm just making an observation in scripture. You know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I think of Lydia as an example. This is from Acts 16, verses 14 and 15. And it says that after she was baptized and her whole household, so grace sometimes comes to individuals and it also seems to spill over into families. And Job I love, uh, in chapter 1, it says that he, he rose early in the morning and he offered burnt sacrifice, one for each of his kids, uh, because it, it may be that his children have sins, and thus Job did continually. So Job interceded and he's tried to stand in the breach for his, for his, for his family members. And here we see in Corinthians, you know, that, that this is... Uh, a spilling of grace over into families that that spouses can be made holy. First, belief is a miracle in the first place. So if belief comes to one spouse, uh, the miracle is that maybe it'll come to the second second spouse. So there, there's we should just enjoy and trust and worship and obey the charge here, which is don't separate from that person if they consent to live with you. And we stand very humbly. How do you know whether you will be you you will you will save your wife? Now I understand that Jesus does the saving, and Paul does too. He's not a knucklehead, but there's a way that we can stand in the breach for a season. It's one argument for non-divorce, which is the salvation of your spouse. All right. So if you're going to get married, choose carefully and choose with a long eye of permanence, because that's the way God looks at it. And choose a believer. There's no un- unbeliever, unequal yoking in marriage. But if you be, if you're married as unbelievers and salvation comes to one, you can influence and kind of make holy that other person. So Lord, I want to bless the marriages, new marriages and old marriages and believing marriages and unbelieving marriages and particularly one half unbelieving marriages. May salvation come to the whole house this day. How about today? Thanks for listening. Seven Minutes of Marriage.